See you on the other side. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. Over the next year, I'll be driving across America to sit down with real people and a jar of questions, to share real conversations with the rest of the world. Stream the Jar Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, or better yet, join myself and the Jar for a conversation in your city. Good cool morning, everybody. Yeah, kind of cool. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. Got our guest, Umar uh, Nizamani. You got it perfect. Yeah, Nizamani lined up uh, here. Thanks, Umar, for agreeing to, to be a guest and sharing your sharing your passion. Thanks uh, a lot for having me here, Ken. Yeah. So, everybody, uh, the Jar the uh, Jar Foundation sponsors mental health uh, uh, today. It also sponsors the Jar Podcast, which you saw a little bit of the commercial there where I'm traveling around the country interviewing 444 people, 111 cities. I'm about halfway through. Massive mental health uh, impact across the country is what I saw in the first eight months. So I created this show to kind of highlight some of the professionals uh, and, yeah, and people's personal journeys around mental health. Uh, but really, it is mostly a focus around professionals working in the field, trying to launch products and solutions. They've got ideas around helping kind of solve the crisis. And Umar's got a got a story. Umar, again, welcome to the show. Thanks for being a guest. What's uh, what's your passion? How did you end up in this space? Thanks a lot, Ken. Um, well, as as most things happen, it was all a coincidence. Um, I, I used to have my own company in Pakistan, where I'm originally from. Okay. okay. Um, and I used to do tech development, so I had my own company for technology, making mobile games, and doing a lot of cool stuff with technology. Just a curious kid who learned how to code and just okay. ended up uh, with my entrepreneurship spirit, just ended up building a company. Um, and eventually I couldn't travel that much because mm. you know, getting a visa is much harder. Yeah, yeah. From, in, from especially Pakistan. living in Pakistan, hard to get hard to get a visa from. Yeah, exactly. With the Pakistani passport. And mm. I never even finished uh, college like I, I, I didn't graduate. I actually did film school for a little bit. Uh, just to learn how, how films are made and okay. uh, it helps me with games. So I thought, yes. why not? Let's yeah. act. I don't know how to design. Let's just learn something new. Um, so I didn't finish that. And then, you know, when you're at that stage that you have a lot of experience in tech, mm. but it's in your own company and mm. you, you haven't graduated anywhere. Um, and I noticed initially I was doubtful if I would be able to leave the country. Um, but then I noticed with your tech skills, everyone wants you and when I noticed I was getting job offers from around the world, I thought, okay, if, if I can choose, then what do I really want to do now? Hmm. Um, and at that moment, I thought, okay, I want a social cause and I want to work in Western Europe because it aligns more with my values at that time hmm. even more. And that's how I stumbled upon this company, Nice Day. Um, initially, I was an engineer here um, and as... The, the mentality, the mindset that I have of entrepreneurship matches. Uh, thanks a lot for the shout out for the for the text there. Uh, if people who are hearing this, the nicedaytherapy.com, where you can learn more about it. Um, we started this off uh, um, almost five years ago as a single product. 
Okay. And me and the CEO of the company were very aligned with our values. So that's why I joined the mm. management team. Um, and now, after five years of building the product as a CTO of the company, I've taken over the role as CEO of International um, to take this product globally. Um, and also, you know, we've spent millions of euros trying to build such a high quality technology, mm. something that actually works in the Netherlands. Um, so my instinct was, if it works, why not just take it around the world? Right, why not right. Just give it to everyone who needs it. Yes. Um, so that's how I ended up in these shoes. Um, but I'll say it's a it's it's a fascinating journey that when you're going yeah. through mental health and technology, it's we also didn't start with something like this that that empowers therapists. Um, we started with what I knew best, or let's say what the company knew best, which is technology. Okay. Um, so earlier on, we were just trying to make really cool technology for automated coaching, um, just a research project where a bunch of techies came together and said, all right, guys, I found something cool that I can do with uh, with these new smartphones that are coming yes, out. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So how about let's try to use this with health or something along those lines. Um, so that's how it's also really funny to see how those journeys go. Basically. Yes, right. The, the the initial idea and and that that momentum that you create from the idea and you're moving and then these adjust, these things happen, right? Doors open, doors close. Exactly, exactly. Especially like when you're trying to be when you are trying to be innovative in a field like mm. healthcare, which is much more conservative <laughs> and slower and bureaucratic. Yes then you need to be innovative, but at the same time, you need to make sure you can sustain in the long term and try out a bunch of stuff so that you fail a bunch of times. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, the financial journey must be tough. I mean, you guys, you would have, because you start off with one idea and you've got a lot of, te- you burn a lot of money when you're, you know, you've got nothing to sell, right? You're just building. Um, what is that? What That's- is that? Does that get scary? I mean, what is that like? You know, because there's some points where you got to shed people or you can't pay people and you need more money. And then you got to you cut a product and you go into another. You start all over with a new product. That's got to yeah, be a mental health a... Uh, journey itself. <laughs> you got to be really resilient to go through it. Uh, the yes. amount of stress in these situations, yeah, it, it, it never stops. Um, we always joke that if it was easy, we wouldn't be doing it. That's we just love the stress of it. Um, I wouldn't say it's only the stress. It's like, it's so rewarding because the thing, when I started off making games, I found it fun because the tech was challenging. Mm. Um, Making a game run really smooth on a mobile phone was a hard problem. And being a kid in Pakistan without having all the right resources, you're just struggling. You're trying to figure out how do I, how do I solve this? There's no one I can ask. I don't have any teachers around me to ask. I don't have anyone experienced to basically discuss or yeah. brainstorm with. Um, and you're trying to run a company. as a, And I was 20 at that time. I started when I was 17. And at 20, it was already serious operations. So the, the catch of it is that you're always, uh, there is this point of you don't know the answers, but you have to come up with it yourself. And you have to make sure you can sustain your journey towards the answer because you won't get it yes, in day one. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is something that I see comes quite a bit in healthcare, uh, especially when building this product. Um, 
because as you mentioned earlier on the finance side of things, it's um, we, we weren't quite lucky as a company that because we're in the Netherlands, um, one of the biggest Dutch mental health institute uh, sponsored us or I'd say even co-invested in us. So mm. they, they invested in the company itself. Um, and at that time, we were still exploring solutions. We had a lot of ideas okay. and we had a functional product. I wouldn't call it really functional, but it was still something. Kind of <laughs> more, than, more than PowerPoint? More than a PowerPoint, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so we were at a prototype stage and now you need, you, you have ambitions to take this off to a bigger audience. Okay. Um, and that's when this mental health institute actually co-invested in us because oh, they saw that our yes. we had we had solved one <laughs> of the hardest problems, which was assembling a, a strong technical team um, and building a prototype that actually functions. Okay, you had momentum. You had something to work from. That's it. That's it. Um, so. Our journey initially from this research and a bunch of tech guys trying to figure out, let's build this product or what can we do with tech, hmm. um, ended up at this intersection where we had a prototype that functioned with a bunch of tech people that were very smart and doing really cool stuff. Uh, I joined halfway through, so I was also very inspired by the team around me. Yeah. That's why I also initially oh, wanted also, to so I could see why you joined, yeah. <laughs> and... And that was, that was the moment that we went from a bunch of tech guys trying to figure out how to do this um, and doing projects for healthcare or mental health as a whole. Um, and after trying to do these projects for mental health, as we call it, mm. um, the fundamental idea here was that we built an AI-based uh, coaching bot which would understand if you'd gone for a run or not, for example, mm. and then give you a positive message saying, great job. You planned this run and you achieved it yourself. Um, and we, based on this technology, we built a few products. All of them were not getting very successful. Um, so there was this, this is again part of the journey that now you've invested millions in building these prototypes because tech is expensive. Getting good engineers is expensive. And you can see it's not scaling. Yeah, you, it's, not, and it's, it's not the right solution. It's not the right solution because we were doing research with it where we found out that um, well, it was a long five-year longitudinal study with this, with this fundamental tech at its core. Um, and the final result that we came up with, if I would summarize it, is that people don't listen to AI. People listen to people. Mm. You're not going to change your habits because, because AI bots said, asked you to do it. It has to either have an intrinsic motivation strong enough okay. that you would even ignore the bot. It's just, I have decided to do this. Um, or there needs to be a person behind it, a real human that you've connected yeah. with and that you feel loyalty towards. Yeah, I, I don't want to disappoint a person, but a bot, I have no emotion. Exactly. I, I get my ring message, you know, the ring thing on, I, I don't know how that's turned on, but Apple now sends me every day, you know, you didn't close your ring. I don't even know what my <laughs> ring is, but I didn't. Apparently, it's something health related, and I didn't do it. <laughs> I've got no idea. I wish I could delete it. Exactly, like anyone out there who's trying to learn a new <laughs> language and has tried to use Duolingo will understand what I mean. Yes, it's the the that owl with the friendliest of face comes up every day saying, "Hey, it's time for your <laughs> Spanish lesson," and you try again and again, and now actually because 
Duolingo is a huge company with all their cutting edge science on how to nudge humans into behavior yes. change. Yes. What their best technology is after like five or seven notifications, the owl shows up and says, I'm going to give up on you. You're definitely not listening to my notifications anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the owl feels like rejected or. <laughs> oh, that is funny. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, this is this is exactly uh, this is exactly the core of it. Like, this is something anyone experiencing Duolingo also sees it that people don't listen to bots. But yes. when you have a coach with you, a human that you've connected, you actually listen to the message. You actually mm. listen to the behavioral change advice you're getting. Mm. And this is where Nice Day comes in. This is where our core flagship product we built this five years ago, and it's been a fantastic journey because. It's a, it, the idea started off basically by sitting down with therapists and researchers. Mm -hmm. We went into a room for literally a few months and we said, if we remove and ignore technology, let's just see what is the modern literature on what makes care actually work. Okay. How can we make mental health care more effective and more efficient? What mm -hmm. is the cutting edge literature on it? And based on these core principles that we found out on what makes care actually effective, um, which is elements like client empowerment. Um, if you okay. don't feel empowered in the care process, the care most likely will not be effective. Yeah, makes uh, sense. Makes sense. There's tons of literature on, on it. And <clears throat> this means it is it can be considered as a ground truth. The, yes. the, the research trials are done across demographics, across age groups. Mm. So... This is irrefutable knowledge. We took principles like these on what makes the therapy process more effective and what makes, how do you make sure that we can translate it to the actual care process. And after combining all the best practices, we from then started from scratch. Okay, if this is how care is actually can be done more effectively, what role can technology play to make it more effective? Okay. So first, the way of treatment and then we started with technology. It's, it's a clip. Actually, this, it's, a, it's a long, I mean, that's the harder, longer road. Exactly. Turning it inside out. Interesting exactly. approach. Interesting it, approach. It wasn't easy. It was uh, uh, very hard to do this. Um, but we're all committed to the way I perceive problems like these. And this is the problem solving you know, nature that comes out is that I want to pick up hard problems that give me energy so that I, I work on them all the time. Like, I don't want to think that this is something I'm going to give you 20 hours and forget about it. If it is something I believe is important for humanity, yes. I will just continuously put my energy into it to think about it. What can yeah, we yeah. do to improve this? And then the timelines I try to see is that if you're Picking up, if you've assembled this bunch of, you know, at that time, 15 people, 20 really smart people, and now we're thinking really hard on this problem, let's think in the timelines that if we go on a path today, 25 years from now, we should have made a profound impact. Hmm. I love and to that. be able to go on these timelines, you really need to pick it up from scratch. You really need to rethink the whole paradigm. And that's what we were doing with this when we started off. I mean, you're you look if you if you modify a solution, you're gonna you're gonna have incremental change, right? But if you do peel something back, 
ground up, try to re, you know, reboot it, right? And how do you help? And you do solve those. Like you said, you get, now you don't have techies creating a tech product like you did the first time, right? A lot of smart people in a room, let's create a product. Uh, and But it's now you solved a problem or made made a process or made a person more efficient or more more beautiful interaction with the client. Really, I love that approach. I love that approach. Yeah, the, because uh, even though I'm techie, <clears throat> it's like uh, at its core, it's I don't want to put more bandages on a solution that's not working. Yeah, and that's what I mean, that and, incremental change, right? You're going to do something that's profound. That, mm. That's it. That's your own spot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and when it comes to mental health as a whole domain, it is a, it's an extremely complex topic. Yes. Um, and the reason I say this um, is if you look at the cutting edge literature that we had even 30 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago, was electroconvulsive of therapy. That's almost 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> actually, it's even used today. And now we know under what circumstances it works. It's or maybe has some effect. We don't know if it works or not, but at least there is some literature supporting it under some edge cases. But the best knowledge that the cutting edge brains at the time had uh, was to tie someone in a chair and electrocute them. And if you look at what came after that, we said, oh, okay, well, this is a bit bigger and more complex than them, than, than this approach. Um, the next best solution we came up with is mental asylums. Let's isolate this group of people because we do not understand the problem. Mm, and even though a lot of yeah. people are going to be like, you know, that this is, this is just, you know, we didn't know enough or humanity was like far behind. It was not far behind. It was the 90s. You know, 90s is not that far ago. We had telecom, we had mobile phones, not smartphones, but mobile phones. We were doing heart transplant surgery, and that was not a problem in the 90s. But when it came to mental health, the best we had, we don't understand. Let's isolate them into a compound like a jail, and, and that's the best we can do. Uh, don't forget, we also stuck, you know, big spikes into people's heads and, and killed part of their brains. That was our, that was before we decided to electrocute them. <laughs> there you go like, there you go i mean we've i think we've come pretty far from there but i mean in a weird way too we also th i you know i don't know much about the medical side of this but we also dope the people the fuck up right now as well with yep. hard hard drugs which is not so far away from putting them in an institution or sticking a, a spike in their brain i mean we're, we're seemingly doing it but via a pill um, and this is this is you're, you're fundamentally nailing it. You're on spot. This is something that happens a lot today. And we also know that it's not the best approach. And this is exactly why I'm really focused on how do we make it scientific evidence driven mm. at its core. Mm. It's not that I have to invent the science, uh, the, the psychologist. And there are a bunch of people who are doing fantastic work yeah, them. here. It's. We're figuring out the gold standards across the world. And, and, and there is so much fast, fantastic knowledge around it. It's a fascinating knowledge that we've built here. But when it comes to implementation, we are still far, far away. And yes. the best approaches we are trying to come towards is, is more bandages. Um, a simplest example. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you for a good example. Yeah, well, one of the simplest examples is, let, let's say COVID. Okay. Um, as soon as it as soon as we realized that mental health problems were on the rise at the start of COVID, 
um, it was no longer allowed to do face-to-face treatments. So hmm. now all the therapists had to do online ter- therapy, of course. Yes. And the first instinct we came came with was a bandage. We said, all right, we can't do face-to-face. Let's do face-to-face, but online. Let's just do a video call and let's yes. just try to figure out. Yeah, that's the best. Just hold, yeah, right it's now. a bandage. It's just to hold things together while we're going through this. Exactly. It's just taking the same solution, the same thing that you've been always doing and putting it digital. Now, when you put something digital, as they call it, a bunch of new overhead problems arise. A, you don't have the social clues. There's a ton of social clues happening in the person's life that are missed. B, is that now all the things that were done previously on paper and someone was physically checking, which was never the right solution in the first place, uh, now just became an email with the PDF file. So no one actually paused for a second to think, hey, this person is at home. Everyone has a smartphone in their pocket. They Couldn't we make this more effective? Why, are, why, why were they doing this on paper in the first place? All the exercises and yeah. journaling that they had to do. Why don't we just put all the pieces together so that I could have all the insights of the client before they even showed up? And this, I believe, is very small, but this small change is exactly what we do with Nice Day at its core, is that we just empowered the client to be able to take ownership of their well-being with the journaling and emotion tracking and everything without having to use a piece of paper. Um, And this tiny advancement, if you look at the care process, already allows the therapist to actually spend 10% less time and patients recover up to 25% faster. Interesting. Just so they do their own, they do their journaling on, on the, on the iPhone or the iPad. If you just take this paradigm. Yeah. Shifted. You said, instead of them doing an online call, let's just take the whole care experience. Oh, the whole, I got you. Okay. So here's, you're following that. That was the kind of the, that was that Band-Aid reaction. And then actually what you, I see what you're saying. And then what you end up with is moving the whole thing online. Yeah, you I just got, moved the I whole therapy it. experience and we put it into the smartphone itself. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, like when we were sitting down, I'm, I'm coming from tech. And the only things I know is open source, open knowledge. And you yes. just, you know, we just put all the code publicly available and you talk with the experts and you do things fast. You just sprint. Sprint is a I'm, tech word. And this is something I noticed in healthcare doesn't happen at all. Everything has a <laughs> waterfall process. Like, there's no, there's no sprinting in healthcare, my friend. We trot, we trottle. <laughs> at best, <laughs> at best, at best. Oh, so even when I was just saying, let's put a sign up form online, asking people, does it help or not? Then they were like, we need ten approvals, and we need, you know, like all the departments <laughs> show up saying, no, 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 what is happening right now? And this is exactly what I mean when I come to this point of putting the therapy experience into this into someone's pocket. Yes. Um, when we were thinking of this idea in a meeting room five years ago, and you know, I was one of the co-founders at that moment in a close team thinking along with them, I I was initially surprised that this seems so revolutionary for so many people because I was like, we're not doing rocket science. It seems very obvious to me that you know you. You don't just put all calling online. You just make the therapy experience into the pocket. It's just obvious. I was thinking five steps ahead. I was thinking, what will AI do here? How can I make let AI make decisions for the therapist so they don't have to think? Or how can I... I was just thinking all this cutting edge yeah, you technology. Already, you had already left that building. 
you were in the other exactly. building. And <laughs> I'm floating there. And the fascinating thing is five years later, we've done tons of clinical studies with uh, the last one being with 10,000 patients, uh, like diagnosed mental health patients. So not mild like complaints around stress or, or yes. like mild complaints, but people who have gone to the doctor here have diagnosed with some severe mental health issue. Okay. We have a study with over 10,000 participants, which proves that with nice day, therapists spend 8% less time, wow. patients recover 24% faster. Wow. Um, and seeing this gives me so much energy God, and I think yes. this is the reason that I get up every day going like, all right, you know what? Uh, we have to bring this to everyone. And in this journey, what I've been doing now for international is uh, I've been active in Ukraine since the start of the war. Um, we found some translators and we provided pro bono, free of cost. Mm. Um, I've set up an initiative in Indonesia, to, which is Women Left, one of the companies that we, we co-founded as well, co-invested in to also expand more initiatives. And I'm from Pakistan. I also want to do things there with something I'm actually yeah, I'm working sure, on. Yeah, I'm sure that's on the radar. Oh, I'm itching. I'm yeah. itching to, to start. <laughs> and I'm in a lot of conversations now. Um, but if we have spent the millions building this product, let's subsidize to those who need it the most and can't afford it. And in Western Europe, let's reduce this taxpayer money that we're wasting on inefficient care today. Yeah. I mean, there's enough money in the savings to fund all the expansion into developing markets. Uh, yes. And at the other side, we also don't ask for profits because we are very, uh, in example, being Ukraine, we mm. just give it away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'd be some markets where like, that's it. There's a market where, you know, eventually they could probably pay, but right now they need, they probably just need it. They need all the help. They, I would imagine the mental health there is going to be bananas. Um, uh, definitely. Especially I mean, on trauma. It's uh Everybody yeah. in the country is affected. I mean, every you know, you don't know when you're, you don't know when there's going to be an explosion in your building or et cetera, and or you're going to lose a friend, another friend. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, friend. especially for uh, Ukraine, it's interesting because I'm part of this. The Dutch government has now an initiative of uh, reconstructing Ukraine mm. um, because I've already been active in mental health. I'm part of the core group of of thought leaders um, okay. with, with uh, just giving advice of what I've learned mm -hmm. and from the people who use it. Um, and the fascinating report that I found out recently from the World Bank was that uh, if we look at hospitals and, and, and primary care, um, the Ukrainian people are so uh, alert and there is so much funds and they're so strong natively uh, that they have been rebuilding them at record pace. Um, but at least according to this World Bank report, which an expert shared in front of me was mentioning the number one problem or crisis they face right now is the mental health crisis. It's um, got to be. Can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, can't imagine anything more critical for, for a, a country at war than mental health. Cause you know, it's just, it's an every day and it's just, it's a giant umbrella over everything you do, right? you when you wake up until you go to bed, it's, it's there, it's omnipresent and, and personally affecting people. And in, it's always present. It's just it's omnipresent, right? You wake up and go to bed. It's the only thing you would, I mean, you think about it. Every decision you make has to be made within the context of being at war. Exactly. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. Well, luckily, luckily, most of us don't have that problem. And we, you know, we nearly got war stamped out around the world. I mean, this seems to be, you know, every, every time I think we're, we're that much closer, something happens. Um, can only hope that war is definitely... A shitty thing for humans 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm still a very big <clears throat> optimist. I, I do strongly believe there are much more good or fantastic people in the world than 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 bad people or people with malicious intent. Um, agree. Which is agree. why I definitely have a lot of hope for society. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, this is almost. I mean, this is it. This is the only real. I mean, we've got some stuff going on in Africa. You know, and that will happen because you got a lot of countries down there smashed up against each other. <clears throat> a lot of free resources floating around. So that'll happen. I think Africa will kind of have its own skirmishes, but this kind of we're almost there. I and mean, we can get, we get the, there. if we can get this thing stopped, that's really we get we get some world peace for a minute. Um, Definitely. How about some? I mean, awesome conversation, Umar. I mean, really a, a, an incredible journey over five years. And I like the fact that this is. Um, it's in it's on the street it's working it's proven and it's having it's having some impact it's just great I, a couple things one one is one more thought maybe before I'll ask, I'll ask for some closing closing comments but what what's next so maybe give us a two kind of a two part what's ne- what what do you what's in the you know because if you've already left the first building and you know and that took five years to deliver. I'm sure you're. I'm sure Umar's a few buildings away. <laughs> Where's your? What's next? And then how about some just some thoughts on on you know some hope? I love your hope. Let's finish with a message of hope. Um, great, great question, Ken. It's um, what comes next. I I do have, as I said earlier, I think we are in one of the most fascinating times in, in, in humanity. Yes. The amount of capabilities, the power that we have, not only technically, I mean, technically we are just revolutionizing with chat GPT and the modern technology. Um, but as humans, as society, we have taken huge steps. Yeah. Talked about war, which has gone down if you look at the last uh, yeah. several years. Um, I think down the road, as I see it, I believe all the mental health efforts that we are doing right now in in nice day as well for improving therapy, I call this all to be part of a a stepping stone. I think how you cure people is a stepping stone that we have to optimize today in the next Mm. 25 years, 30 years max. But down the road, the real dot on the horizon is prevention. Interesting. We need to structure society in such a way that you have significantly less mental health issues in the first place. Agree. And this takes a lot of unity from the world. This takes not only a European Union that's built here, it takes alliances across human mm-hmm. civilization. And all of us has to imagine and dream of this, this earth to be one. Um, and work together to ensure that we build a society that prevents such mental health, but also physical disorders from happening in the first place. Hmm. I, I This is something that in the foundation that I, I really, I'm also kind of grabbed onto, which is prevention. And, and I think that's in, and maybe you can't prevent events from happening. Um, so things will happen to people. There'll be issues that people have to manage, but prevention for me is going to be, providing tools to people, education. So I, I know when I'm feeling something funny, I know how to have that self-talk, the C, kind of these CBT therapies where they kind of stop those conversations in your brain and, and give you the tools, give people the tools to manage their mental health, just like an exercise, right? I mean, we know how to manage my physical health. <clears throat> there must be exercises and tools and things that I can do to keep my mental health in good shape. 
Exactly. I, I, exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. This has got to be the way. And, you know, humans are great, man. We're awesome machines. We're killer learners. If you, if you give us this stuff, you know, we'll have the maniacs out there showing us how it's done. I mean, you know, we've all, we've got these super athletes. Imagine you start getting these super mental health people who run around and, and really do know how um, to use the tools and show us. This is a great, uh, it's a great way to go and a great conversation, Umar, about especially that whole part in, in prevention. I love the conversation myself, Ken. Thanks a lot for asking fantastic questions. Uh, yeah, thanks. I, I got one more. I got a little commercial on the back end. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. I think I'm going to go with the cow commercial. Yeah, I got another video. One more fun video. <laughs> I did a cow concert in Wyoming, I think. That's what this one is. Um, Umar, again, thanks so much. Um, I love the nice day uh, idea and what you're doing and the fact that it's not just a bunch of techies. Uh, really, you did come together and, and solve a problem. And now it's just a matter of getting it in as many hands as possible. Thanks a lot, Ken. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the Mental Health Today show. Uh, please do give us a rating and share. Uh, again, this is, you know, it's not a not a super wide intended audience, so it's more professionals. So we need kind of a we need a little bit more participation and make sure we get as wide of a, a reach as we can. See you on the other side, Umar. Hey, everybody. It's cow time. Cow concerts. They've been out in the field all day, running around, having fun. And uh, now they're here for a little entertainment. Well, it's night two here in Sundance. And uh, like last night, I mean, let's just say last night. Last night I kind of had to play. But tonight, the cows have been just all in this field back there the whole day. Just looked out my window and they were over here, and here they are. Concert's over.